Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for Why It Matters. Interesting topic this morning, and it's really because of the proliferation of smartphones, computers, gaming devices over the past two decades. Both the internet and cyber games have become increasingly popular with people of all ages, uh, particularly children. Now, while the internet and cyber gaming have been regarded as beneficial for children's performance in school, um, also, their self-expression, sociability, creativity, entertainment. The other side of the coin, there is evidence to prove that the use of the internet and cyber games can be found to have adverse effects. I mean, things like lack of sleep, behavioral problems, you know, low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, attention problems, poor academic performance, all in adolescence, in my opinion, in some adults as well. But according to the Straits Times, the Touch Youth Intervention received a thousand in four calls in 2021 regarding youngsters facing issues with excessive device use, including being addicted to gaming. So how do we identify these issues in a child? Online with me this morning is Zhang Ying, who is the co-founder of Good School Learning Hub. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Let's first talk about Good School Learning Hub. It's an educational center. It aims to realize the potential in students through quality, mentoring and learning. Tell us a little bit more about the founding story behind Good School Learning Hub. Absolutely happy to share. I'm the co-founder of Good School Learning Hub and we started this company because we wanted to help students, as you mentioned, realize their potential and we want to do it in a very direct manner such that they know exactly what's going to happen and we actually adopt a start approach or use the start model to enable the students to do so and I think a marriage between focusing on strategies for academics and the use of teaching of values will come hand in hand and it will play out nicely when it comes to helping each individual. Mm. The topic this morning is about social media and gaming addiction amongst children. I suppose, very generically, what are some of the warning signs that parents should look out for? As a parent, you should look out for your child if they are spending an excessive amount of time on their mobile devices to watch things like videos or if they do gaming or browsing of any social media content to a point where it actually affects their daily activities. So things like skipping meals, lagging behind school and losing sleep. For example, in terms of skipping meals, usually they will tell their parents that they are not hungry or when the parents call them for meal, you know, it's like dinner time, but they will tell them five minutes, ten minutes later. So this is one of the signs. Right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to lagging behind schoolwork, the child typically will not submit their homework on time and it snowballs to a certain extent. Okay. And for the sleeping part, they will play their games or their beta on their mobile devices past bedtime and do it secretly, even if they do not fulfill the minimum hours of sleep. Or sometimes they may even wake up earlier in order to fulfill their gaming addiction or, you know, to play games on their mobile phones or devices. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, you, you even see some of these uh, signs in adults. Let's talk about the harmful effects, especially with social media addiction. I guess this would be more in relation to sort of the depression types, the anxiety types, because social media tries to teach you, and I completely disagree with this, tries to teach you to live your best life as defined yeah. by social media and not yourself. How can we get children to move away from that? How can we get them to change that perspective? 
I think increasingly it's a bit tougher because there are a lot of influence from social media side and everyone is sharing content that is very attractive. So as a parent, if you want to approach your child in the thinking of helping them to so-called overcome this issue, I think it's important to do it with an open mind. So you probably need to have a chat with your child in a non-hostile tone (laughs) to find out if they recognize if they have an addiction problem or if they are in denial then of course we have to do something to work things out. Now, supposedly, if the child is aware that they are addicted to social media content and on their mobile devices for a long period of time, then the parents can actually work out an actionable timetable to keep track of the time spent on each activity and maybe have a mutual agreement on reasonable rules and consequences for not following this proposed schedule. So the child can actually be given autonomy as well to decide on the rules and consequences if they should break it. However... If the child is in denial, let's say they do not want to acknowledge that they are addicted to social media and gaming content, then, of course, parents can actually help them to discover their addiction by first getting them to acknowledge that it is actually causing disruptions to their life, those kind of losing sleep, delaying meal times, etc. And if the child refuses to acknowledge even after parental intervention, then, of course, it will be best to seek a professional help. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the professional help in just a second, but just touching yeah. back on some of the methods that you're employing. So basically, it's like giving your child a vested say in their own or, or how they want to be parented. How far can that go? And by that, I mean, okay, fine, young kids that are early teenagers that will work. What if they are like 18, 19 years old? Does it still work then? Yeah, actually, uh, to be honest, there is no uh, one size fit all fixed formula that will work for all children because of differing characteristics in each child. From what I understand, some parents, they use the hard approach in managing their children. So they may, for example, restrict the number of hours that a child can use their mobile devices. There are apps that will do that. And of course, some of them even confiscate their phone or threaten to confiscate their phone if the child underperforms in their academics. So these are some of the approaches that parents take. Some of the students and uh, children are very smart nowadays and they can get around such limitations. And children who dislike this hard approach, they may not respond well and may react badly to it as well. Mm. On the other hand, some parents use the soft approach in managing their children. So they prefer to advise and sometimes in the children's words, they nag at them to stop using their phones or to get off their devices. And typically, they do that to avoid uh, confrontations with the kids. But to a certain extent, the addicted children, they will ignore such advice because they are taking advantage of their parents' kindness, so to speak. Mm. So I think parents, they really need to understand, importantly, how to strike that fine balance between these both hard and soft approach. Probably they can be patient initially to try to engage their child with meaningful activities to indirectly reduce their electronic device usage. Just like any kind of addiction, removing the source of the addiction will reduce the reliance of it. Mm. So if it's not working well, then of course they need to step in to balance with the slightly harder approach. I think uh, this balance is important 
and most importantly, the effort and time that parents spending with their kids to achieving this balance will actually suggest to their kids that they are trying their best to work hand in hand with them. So that, you know, it's like we are in it together. We will overcome this problem together through all available methods. So I think that is important as well. That's really good tactics there. I do appreciate you sharing that. On the topic of bringing in a professional, how do we do it in a soft manner that's non-confrontational? How do you deal with a case? For example, the parent is trying to get the kid to realize that they have a problem and the kid says, yeah, but daddy always playing on his PS5, mommy always looking on Instagram. Boom. Yeah, that's very true, actually. So, well, with regards to seeking professional help, I think maybe for kids, they usually do not respond well to their parents. They will think that their parents are neck and so on and so forth. So approaching teachers, educators, they do actually work better because usually the child is more open to sharing uh, their problems and their issues with their teachers, for example. And even in schools, there are school counsellors to help them as well. Mm. And during the course of my work, I deal with students who have shared with me things that they do not typically share to their parents. And from there, we can actually work hand in hand with the parents to help the parents identify some of the issues that the child faces. And then they can work out together through open communication on how best to deal with the issues. Yeah, sometimes they might be more open with a stranger. That is very true and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Sometimes all of these addictions really is just a result of a lack of interest in studying or maybe that lack of interest in studying is because it's been pointed out that they're a little bit weak in school or in certain subjects. How do we nurture a child's interest in learning in that scenario? Okay, so the thing is, we have to look at the reason behind why they have less interest in their studies and they are so-called more interested in gaming and social media as a whole. And the reason fundamentally is because children nowadays, they have shorter attention span due to the quicker nature of media materials. And it's really difficult for them to absorb content-based materials that are static and deemed to be less fun and interesting as compared to what they see on social media. So what they experience in gaming is usually tend to be very fast-paced and more attractive. And experts have also mentioned that social media is designed to be addictive and their audience to be immersed in it. Mm. So in contrast, subjects like uh, English, mathematics and science, which is what they learn in school, are tougher to deal with. The time spent to be able to complete these tasks will take up a lot of time. For example, if you are writing an essay, it will definitely take out an hour or more just to complete it. And you still wouldn't know what is the issue that you face until the script is returned to you by the teacher sometime later. And if you compare it to watching a video or let's say playing a game, it can be actually completed and enjoyed within minutes. So with this idea here, of course, comparing these two items, it is no uh, wonder or natural for the child to actually uh, lean towards uh, gaming and social media. Mm. So back to the question on how to actually uh, help them overcome this, right? In gaming, the sense of accomplishment and instant gratification is there. That's what hooks them in and reel them into the gaming world. They can't really experience that in contrast when it comes to academics. And when the students fail their test, they will feel lousy, right, about it. And it's not easy to get that winning feeling in the test if they were to continually fail over and over again. And that is why, in terms of learning, if we were to inject and you know chunk things up, let them absorb materials in small chunks and give them a systematic way in dealing with their learning that is simpler and less tedious, so that would 
really help students who are actually disadvantaged mm. or disinterested to have that motivation to do their work because the design of the application itself is logical and it's very easy to follow. And with that, it will really reduce the inertia for students to use that approach to you know, manage their studies. Mm. So, for example, over here at uh, Good School Learning Hub, we use the start approach to uh, do that, to deal with it. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that approach, which uh, you call uh, the start approach. Start approach so yeah. it's uh, simplify topic, action, resources, and tests. Tell me more. Yeah. So for this start approach, for us, we actually simplify the problem by searching for keywords that are critical to the questions. T stands for topic, which means we identify the topics that are actually tested. A stands for action, which whereby we formulate the most efficient action plan to solve the problem. And R is the resources, right, where we utilize relevant resources to carry out this plan. And finally, T stands to test out the plan and we're to refine it. So this is actually a model that we apply to all the different subjects so that the students will exactly know what is missing and what is unclear or where their issues are. We will be able to directly narrow down and mm. zoom in and say, hey, this is the issue that you're facing and we solve it at the root of its problem. So the issue when it comes to studying, when students have no motivation, is when it is not specific and when there is no clear feedback. Right. So with the start approach, we actually enable the students to do that. Mm, so they feel like they're being guided along a path and it creates this learning for life type of concept as well because of the constant feedback. Yeah. Right. I've been speaking with Jiang Zhiying, who is the co-founder of Good School Learning Hub. I do appreciate your time this morning. Take care and a Happy New Year in advance. Yep. Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.